So today, we're going to get a little crazy here and talk about cults. Big word, scary word, but maybe a little closer to our lives, closer to home than we think. So what makes something a cult? Let's talk. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. So good to be back with you. We're so glad you're here. My name is Robert Cottrell, and I'm here as always with... Susan Cottrell. And I still have my Wonder Woman mug and my Wonder Woman, <laughs> Wonder Woman. So I'm I'm sipping on my coffee, and we're going to, you know, I thought we'd just take it kind of easy today, you know, make it kind of light and talk about cults. <laughs> um, first, let's, let me just remind you to uh, please share, subscribe, and support. Share this episode and, and the podcast channel if you like it. Subscribe if you have not done so already. And if you're able to, please support. Uh, there's a link on freedhearts.org and also on the, the Buzzsprout um, podcast site. It helps make all we do possible and connect with us. And we will get you extensive resources and vibrant community and just, we'll just talk and have talk and have fun. <laughs> um, a short faith disclaimer as we talk about cults here. Ours, and I just want to remind you again that our goal is not to get you to leave a church or to join a church. That really has so little to do with your faith and spiritual journey. Our goal is to dismantle and free you from the crap that came from religion, trying to convince you that you are not absolutely accepted and beloved as you are for who you are. That's our goal. So today we're going to get a little crazy and talk. <laughs> talk. I do uh, voices and impressions. And <laughs> here's my Sammy Davis Jr. So, so no, um, no. So, why did where did that come from? So the ancient past. <laughs> Hey, so today we're going to get a little crazy and talk about cults. Susan, you talked about this in your uh, your 21-day your journey beyond dysfunction, which is one of our beloved adventures. Yeah. And this is so important that we wanted to share it. So good, so important we wanted to share it here as well. Yeah. But please do. It, it's one of 21 days in that particular adventure. All of our adventures, almost all of our adventures are, are 21 days. Uh, then we got something coming up soon. It's really exciting. But check that out because it's there's so much content there. It's so good, but we wanted to address it here. But cult, that's a big word and it's a scary word. But beloved, the truth is that maybe this is just a little bit closer to our lives, a little bit closer to home than we even think, than we yes. know. When I was in my 20s, a friend and I were talking about Christianity, noticing how unappealing <laughs> many of the Christians were that we knew and how legalistic the church's teaching was. Mm. And my friend said, if it weren't Christianity we're talking about, we'd consider it a cult. <laughs> okay, no, no one's in a cult. But I don't know. Let's take another yeah. a look, an honest look at this for a moment. And it's not to bring down anything or anyone, but to shed light on an often dysfunctional, harmful system. Yeah, don't. I hope you're still with us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, again, we're not, this is not about bringing down something or someone, but it's to be light in the darkness. It's to shed light on this dysfunctional, harmful system, like you just said, uh, and talk about what the attributes are of a cult. Yeah. So what are those attributes? Because many of the attributes of cults apply to what I would call behavior-focused legalistic groups, meaning you get your rightness 
from following the rules. Say that again. Many of the attributes of cults apply to behavior-focused legalistic groups where you get your rightness from following the rules. And it seems to have gotten even more so in recent years. That's so powerful. Cults are based on religion mm-hmm. because it pulls God into that place of authority. That's the ideal way, the perfect way to gain compliance from those, from your followers, from your underlings, is that, hey, God backs me up. God told me. God says. Yeah. And if, you, if you're old enough to remember the name Jim Jones, he was a charismatic leader, cult leader in 1978 led nearly 100 followers to mass suicide in 1978 by poisoning Kool-Aid, which is where we get the phrase, they drank the Kool-Aid, because they drank the Kool-Aid and killed themselves. And his final broadcast message said, I've tried my best to give you a good life. In spite of all that I've tried, a handful of our people with their lies have made our life impossible. There's no way to detach ourselves from what's happened today. And within hours, everyone drank the Kool-Aid and died. Now, this cult leader, at least the way he said it, believed he was trying to give people a good life. And in spite of all that he's done, the people who questioned it made their life impossible, made their cult impossible to continue. That's a a complex and layered thing situation when a leader thinks they're doing right. Many don't. Yeah. They I, know better. Right. But and he may have been just puffing smoke by saying that. But well it's it's interesting because he, you know, he says, I'm telling you everything in my leading of you, everything that I want you to follow, I'm telling you because God told me. God leads me again, like we just said, God backs me up. Now when it all goes to crap, well it's other people's fault. You know, it's because of other people. So there's no you know, God led me, but God was not big enough to hold on to this. Yeah, and people right. undermined it. Yeah, God's God's behind this whole thing until other people have more power than God does. Right. It just it makes no sense. Yeah, and a lot of people, men, women, and children, uh, lost their lives that day. It's tragic. It's Jim Jones. If you tragic. want to look up the history on that, he's not the only one. Yeah. yeah. So, what makes something a cult? And we're going to go through twenty-five attributes of a cult today. And here's what you can do. Here's what we'd like you to do. We're not, we don't want to pass judgment here. We don't want to assume anything. No, not at all. We just want you to look at the teachings that your family, your community, your church, well, or you actually are sharing what your family, your community, you teachings you're in or part of or were in and see if that applies to what you've been told about God, about yourselves, and about others. Again, so look at these attributes and just see if it rings true. Listen to that still small voice and see if it applies to what you've been told about God, about you, and about others. This list comes from a course called The Psychology of Fundamentalism at the University of Texas. And you can find this list on freebelievers.com. Freebelievers.com. We'll go back and forth here. I'll give you the first five attributes of a cult. And if you want to comment, Susan, on that, feel free, or we can just let them sit. And and you out there, as you're listening, just let these sit, see if they're in true. The leader is charismatic and often like a military. Militaristically. Yeah, thank you. Like a military leader, he's, they're demanding. Number one. Number two, the leader is always right. 
Sometimes you just speak volumes just to hear it. Just by themselves, yep. Number three, elitism. The leaders are treated as royalty or with a sense of awe, with a system of hierarchy and authoritarianism, there's a power structure. So there's this elitism with the leaders treated really above everybody else in that way. Number four, lower members get no respect or get abused. Does that ring true for anybody? Number five, the leader is not held accountable for his actions or the actions of his authority structure. Wow. Number six, the leader will not tolerate or receive criticism, but the leader criticizes all others. Yep, I see that. Number seven, there is no exit. You know, that's so, we say a lot that, you know, if you're in a non-affirming church, it's not even safe to raise your hand and ask a question about your gay child or about, you know, a question about the church's non-affirming policy, about yourself. Yeah. So there's no exit. If you go outside, if you fall out of step, out of line, there's no exit. You're, you're out and you're not only out, but you're shamed and you're bullied and you're, and you're like the Jim Jones quote, these people and their lies and the heresy and all that kind of stuff. There's no exit. Yeah. And number eight is in that line. It says, if members exit, they're considered rebellious out of the will of a higher power or the leader. So if you leave your church, you were out of God's will, according to this. Okay. Number nine. Members do not have any association with members that have left the group. Yeah. Excommunication, anyone? Ostracization? Shunning? Yeah. Number 10. There are no graduates from the program or group. They're just deserters or evil people. <laughs> so there's no space for someone to move on. I love, we attended a church in, in Austin called Journey Imperfect Faith Community. And what I love about that is that they didn't expect to grow <laughs> because they thought you're going to come, you're going to get what you need, and you're going to move on. And it's, it's great. Yeah. You're, you're going to graduate. But in a cult, there's, there are no graduates. Right. This model of staying in the church, hearing from the same pastor for 20, 30, 40 years, that is a human hierarchical structure. That is not what it means to be, you know, to have a spiritual relationship that's dynamic. And lovely. You know, even just after the first 10 of this, I I feel heavy. Mm -hmm. This is tough here, but that's, you know, our mission statement is to change the human conversation on love and inclusion, to free hearts to love and be loved. That's what we're doing here. So take a breath. Yeah. Take a nice deep breath, let it out, and squeeze your shoulder, like rub your hands on your shoulders if you'd like. Smile. To bring yourself back to your body. (laughs) Yes, smile. Bring yourself back to your body. Okay. So we're going to get back to the, the 25 attributes of a cult. Number 11, there is cult speak, which is a language that many others don't understand. I remember when I discovered Christianese, how much it was in my language, and I had no idea because everybody around me spoke the same way. Number 12, personal attacks on critics or those who are not in the group. Number 13, solidarity within themselves. No outside allegiance or association. So it's all about the group. Does it make any sense? Does it seem like the plan was to have seven churches every two blocks? You know what I mean? And multiple, I mean, 10,000 denominations around the world. Every single one believes that their interpretation of the Bible is correct. Well, the Bible's clear. 10,000 denominations can't be wrong. <laughs> That's right. You know, I, kidding. Yeah. Joke. Okay. So that solidarity. <laughs> 
solidarity within themselves. Number 14, use of guilt to manipulate members. Mm. Really? They wouldn't do that. <laughs> Sarcasm. Number 15, the leaders of the group are self-absorbed. Number 16, instant community. You go, you're in until you're not. Number 17, members are unable to tell the truth about what happens there. I remember coming out of our church experience and for the first time being able to speak in ways that we say how we truly felt. We hadn't realized how much we had edited ourselves. Okay, number 18, money grubbing. And again, we're relating this back to our experience of the church, but I just want to say again that this may apply. It, I believe it does apply to a lot, but yeah. we're just... We're giving you 25 attributes of a cult, and we're asking you to look at these 25 attributes and then look at the teachings that your family, your community, or you are in or were in and see if it applies, see if it fits yep. to what you've been told about God and about you and about others. Number 19, newcomers don't think right and need to be trained. Number 20, big system of reward and punishment. The whole basis, yeah. All right, the last five. Number 21, intrusiveness. Number 22, a sense of powerless, dependency, covert fear, and guilt. Number 23, members and leaders are imbalanced and often mentally ill. Again, we had the example of Jim Jones. That's imbalanced and mentally ill. Sounds like a really strong thing to say, but just back up and take a look at what you see in the leader's and in the members who have been so conditioned, and see if they look really vibrantly mentally healthy or not. 24, thought-stopping language, cliches, or slogans. They're slick. <laughs> I'm telling you what, you know, if I ask any question, I remember asking any question, and there was always a quick I, comeback, you a mean? quick comeback to just silence, like, that's the answer. There's our pat answer. And I remember just recently talking to a relative about Black Lives Matter that came up in our conversation. And she said, well, if a, if a man won't work, he shouldn't eat. I'm like, what? What? And There's a lot it, there it to has unpack, zero to, yeah, it has yeah. zero to do with Black Lives Matter. That, And if you just got infuriated, I'm sorry, it is infuriating. Finding a slogan that just is reasonably believable that you can just put in place of actual thinking. Well, and it sounds that's what that means. Yeah, and they're given out as truth, as God backed. We talked about this a lot in the gaslighting episode about you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. Well, the Bible's clear on that. Those are these kind of slick cliches and slogans. Yeah, that's a hallmark of a cult. And a big one is, well, you're not honoring your parents if you insist on being gay. You're not honoring your parents. That is zero to do with what that actually means. But it's a way to stop you in your tracks so that then you're pushed back trying to defend yourself of why it's not dishonoring to your parents. That's unfair, but that's what those are. So thought-stopping language. That's good. Like, okay, this is the end of, of the discussion. Right. Thought-stopping language, cliches, or, or slogans. It's an attribute of a cult. So the final, number 25 of the 25 attributes Should we have a drum roll? of a cult. Okay. What was your drum roll again? <laughs> That's pretty good. I can't do that. <laughs> All right. Number 25, demands of ultra loyalty or ultra trust in the group's process and others. I remember this in some of the stuff. This is true in so many things, but this, the ultra loyalty and 
ultra trust. We know the process. We know the right. process. We are the leaders. Don't trust you yourself. Don't. You're not trustworthy. That's right. Don't. But trust us because we are. Don't trust your heart, which is exactly the opposite of what of what Jesus taught. Right. That the heart will lead us in all truth. But ooh, right. that's hard to control, isn't it? So number 25 again was demands of ultra loyalty or ultra trust in the group's process and in others. Yeah. So was that list a little shocking? And maybe if you really let it in, maybe a little familiar. And I'm not an expert in cults and identifying cults and removing oneself from or someone else from a cult. And I don't want to speak beyond my expertise here. But, you know, and I also don't want to create trauma. It's hard to see dysfunction in those we love and depend on and how much harder it can be to see that the foundational worldview Maybe cultish in, org- in origin. So I've just put the ball here. And you can get it rolling if you want, if you want to research more, find out more. And if this is too much, just jettison it. <laughs> just say, nope, not going there. That is completely fine. You do you. You don't have to go anywhere you don't want to go. If you do let yourself think about the attributes of dysfunction and cults and of the religion and the God that many of us have been taught, it's a shockeroo. <laughs> it really is. And, but it also explains a lot of things. Yeah, you can go as, as deep as you want to on this or, or not. But if nothing else, I'm hoping that this will, by naming it and by describing it, that as you maybe hear some of these things in the church you may be attending or the, the people around you, it's like, oh, gosh, that, that now raises a red flag. And this will help. Yeah better protect your heart in the process of becoming free from all of that. To identify it, to name it, can really disempower it. So let's make our motto be name it and disclaim it. (laughs) But so I get to say it too. Yep, it's a (laughs) shockaroo. It's fun to say. It is fun to say. (laughs) So part of the first step in recognizing and and naming dysfunction, I mean, that's part of the first step is to name it. And Sometimes opening the box can really be difficult and shocking, a shockeroo, because we sense that there's so much more in there that we're going to have to deconstruct. And well, whoa, you yeah. know, where will it stop? I may end up with an empty box. Yeah. You may. No, you won't. I mean, but well, because you'll end up with something outside the box. Yeah, that's true. That is that's so true. much more real and authentic to you and bigger and more helpful than you thought was possible. I've said to a lot of parents early on in this, is just, I promise you, if you just open the box, there's a freedom and a joy and a life and an acceptance out here that's better than you could ever imagine. Just come on out, you know, come to the, come to the free side. We have cookies. <laughs> um, but you're also opening a box in which you have been told that, Everybody, we seal our box tight, if you if you even wonder why it's sealed. We seal our box tight because everyone out there is evil and they're and they are meant to harm you. So stay in the box, stay in the box, stay in the box. That's one, of the, one of the attributes. That's right. Yeah. So, but that's a lie. Yeah. We're not calling your church a cult. We're not calling your family a cult. We're putting the attributes out there, and you authentically are invited if you want to, to look and see what you see. That's all. So let's wrap this up by just reminding you here that we want you to care for your heart through this, okay? You know, 
care for your heart here. That's the most important thing. Your heart is the most important thing here. And as we, as we cannot say enough, your heart is good. You can trust your heart. Jesus said that our heart will lead us, the spirit will lead us in all truth. And that still small voice comes through, comes yeah, through our heart. That's yes. your heart. So. It was created in God's image. Go yeah, ahead. That's right. But it can be deeply unsettling to find out that what we have believed, what we followed, what we were part of, what we believed to be true, what we were taught to be true, was turns out not to be true at all. You know, though, I, yeah, that's unsettling. But for me, it very quickly became freeing. Like, wow, well, that explains a lot. And the guilt that I felt, the shame I felt myself about things, I was starting to be freed from. Yeah, in the movie Gaslight, when she realizes that her husband is purposely changing the gaslight, turning it up and down so that it flickers to make her think she's losing it, that when you find out, oh, he's doing that, on purpose, then you're, there's freedom in that. It's, it's shocking and disorienting, yeah. but you're like, okay, it's not me, which is yeah. huge. And it's the first step of freedom because you, when you discover this, when you discover the lie, either in the belief system or that someone lied to you, you wonder what else, what else have I been <laughs> wrong about? What else have they lied about? Yeah. So it's time to care for your heart in this. Again, that's the most important thing because you are beloved. And hear me here. Any message from anyone. From anyone? Yep. Telling you anything different is a lie. You are beloved as you are for who you are. And if they're trying to get you to fall in line so you can stay part of a particular community, it might, Check be, a, to see. It might be a cult. Beloved, you deserve to love and be loved. It serves you well. Don't settle for anything less. We love you. We love you. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www dot freedhearts.org just come say hello and if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast things you'd like us to talk about reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org the music is provided by hannah cattrall our daughter the grammy nominated saint sinner and you can find out more about her at hey saint sinner Com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.